All right. Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, sponsored, as always, by Running Aces Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel, and Website Amp. Now, in this chat's edition of the podcast, we're actually going to break down one of our seminars. We're going to take you a little bit behind the curtain, talk about one of the member seminars that we have, and kind of get in some of the highlights for that so that the whole world uh, can hear the genius that is uh, our seminars that are put together by Chris Jones. So we're really excited to talk about this. Uh, before we do that, let's introduce the panel. My name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game. And I'm becoming more and more convinced every day that Rec Poker is the best kept secret in the poker industry uh, based on the conversations I'm having and the people that are discovering us. And I'm 5x5, five five, Chris Jones. Uh, actually, I'm Chris Jones, but I'm 5x5 five five on PokerStars and Twitter. Uh, got it. Sometimes I get my identity sort of like backwards, which one's first. Um, and I, well, we're going to be talking about draws today, so I think one of the things we'll talk about is that uh, I think overconfidence is the biggest drawback that people find with draws. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, I'm Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the home game, and at Hold'em underscore Steelers on Twitter. And when I see a draw, I only have one move. <laughs> I'm one of those people that we're talking about here. There's only one move for Bluffsterini, so I'm looking forward to learning a little myself tonight. He goes by semi-Bluffsterini in the home game. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, not, not a lie. I am John Stomsky, Poker Geek MN everywhere, and I am just happy that I am here tonight. Yeah, we're happy you're here too, John, man. It's, you know, it's getting to the end of the year, December 28th, as we record this, it's going to drop in the new year. Uh, and so happy new year, everybody uh, that's listening to this and, and Merry Christmas, happy new year to you guys for sure. Uh, before we jump into the seminar, just a couple of quick things that we're going to elaborate more on later, but just to make sure we get out there in the front of the show. Uh, like I said, by the time you hear this, it's going to be the new year, which means some of you are listening to this going, why was I suspended from the home game? Well, uh, you have been sort of hiding uh, from us because we are trying to track you all down. So if you've been suspended from the home game, you don't know why you can't play the nightly home game, it's not personal. Well, in some cases it might be, but for most of you, it's, it's not personal. It's the fact that we have a new process and you have to get your, your alias, your, your Poker Stars alias, in your Rec Poker free membership. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, otherwise, just get a hold of us. Uh, we'll hook you up there. Secondly, Fareed Jat and training sessions are coming up. My goodness, the, the beginning of February they start. By now, uh, uh, it's going to be fantastic. And actually, Fareed uh, just today has agreed to come back on the podcast next week. Uh, we couldn't get enough Fareed. Uh, he's so much fun, so much positivity, so much genius. We're going to have him back on the show, talk a little bit about the course. Uh, so if you have any questions about what's in the course, uh, if you're kind of on the fence, that would be a time to jump on or shoot us a message and say, I need, I need some, I need some uh, clarification on what this is. And, and we'll ask him all of those questions. Uh, also, we keep giving away discounts. We keep giving away uh, drawing uh, certificates for redemption, redemption and, and money off of that course. Uh, so stay tuned with that. Make sure you're checking the newsletter, checking the post, checking the, the social media. Uh, we're giving 50 bucks away all over the place. Uh, so take advantage of that deal. And then January 27th is our awards show. Uh, things are coming together very nicely for that. I think it's going to be a really fun night. So mark your calendar on that deal. Uh, so with that, uh, let's get into the meat of this thing. Draws, the seminar. Let's maybe, Chris, give us a little context. What are we talking about? Maybe some folks aren't familiar with the seminars as a whole. Yeah. And then let's talk about this one. So each each month uh, at Rec Poker, we do uh, a subject where we really break it down. We get the panel going. We get a lot of conversation talking about 
you know, one topic that our members have uh, indicated they're interested in uh, hearing more about. So we've done uh, some of the basics around math. We've done stuff around po uh, pot odds. We've done three betting. We've done uh, getting value, finding value, bluffing, a whole bunch of different topics. Um, and this December, we really uh, talked uh, exclusively about drawing hands. Um, how to play them, how to approach them, how to differentiate them. Because um, I think one of the first things that we started with that uh, that I think was really uh, a, a good grounding for us all to talk about is that there's this sort of excitement that comes with draws. Um, you know, this idea of like, I've got a draw, I've got a draw, let's go. <laughs> um, and sometimes that's, uh, you know, a good <laughs> instinct and sometimes that's not. And I think... Um, Overall, what I what I what I think I see from from players is that they either withdraws take a too passive line or a too aggressive line, but there's that and the the ideal is somewhere in between. Um, and so we talked about uh, through this whole seminar, we talked about how do we find that in between? Like, what does that mean for us when we're looking at at draws? Like, how do we how do we you know not just you know hit the gas to the floor or just hit the brakes and like hope to hit our draw and then start you know getting getting aggressive like how do we find that balance between those things and i think that's that was that was the, a large part of our conversation it's so good because i think you know the training is so good because i feel like i'm exactly that like i'm very polarized in how i'm approaching it and i feel like it's usually like did i have too much caffeine or not that day like i really don't have the strategy it's like like I, some days it's just like man let's go and then other days it's like oh let's see if we hit and i don't really know uh, the strategy behind it so i know that's what you guys really dug into quite a bit in december Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. let's, but for one quick minute here too. So folks that are going, what are these seminar things? I know if you've been listening for a while, you know what this is, but how can I watch these seminars? How can I even see these seminars? What are we talking about? Uh, how, how are these things available? Yeah, so on on the uh, rec.poker website, um, anybody who's a, a, a paid member can have access to not only the current seminar, but all the backlog of seminars. We've been doing them since February. Um, so they're all available under the that seminar thing. And, and uh, one of the things that we heard uh, as part of this was that you know, they, they tend to be long because we really, we really get into the, the meat and bones of this, uh, these topics. Um, so uh, more recently, we've started breaking them down into more digestible segments. So each one now is usually a three-parter. They're usually each about 45 minutes. Uh, the early ones uh, are, <laughs> you're going to have to break them down yourselves because they're, they're, <laughs> they're two and a half to three hour marathons of, yeah. of uh, conversation. It's they're so good. I mean, just a little again behind the curtain too. Uh, you know, we, we did. We usually we do the podcast, then we record the the these afterwards, and people are so hungry to talk about this, right? Like, so it's like a marathon night. It's like a three four hour night often, and by the end, people are still like, let's let's go, let's talk about more. And so I think that's a credit to you, Chris, in a, in a lot of ways. I know you'll you'll deflect this, but you know, really being strategic about putting the seminars together in a way not only for that one seminar to kind of logically lead from one topic to the next, but as a whole, I know you, you spend a lot of time thinking about, okay, how do we prepare people for next May yeah. and the WSOP? So how do we get recreational players ready for a large field tournament? Yeah. And if anybody is, is I mean, that was the real goal 
before you know the world changed and there was a giant pandemic and all of those kinds oh, of wait, things. Wait, what's this? Uh, what happened? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was the goal when we started off. We started off with those first uh, uh, seminars in mind where we wanted to get you, if you were going to go play in your first ever really big tournament, whether it was at WSOP or you know just the big local card room tournament or mm -hmm. a big online one or whatever, uh, we we designed those first uh, four. It was like February, March, April, May. Those first four seminars to kind of like build up toward that. And ever since then, we've still been doing stuff that I think is in, in also helpful for those kinds of things. But I think it's the idea that rec players. I mean, I think all of us as rec players want to take a shot, right? Like we want to like we want to play. We want to we want to usually have a have an edge on f folks, but often we want to like you know, let's, let's see, let's go try a big tournament, see how we do. And I think that, that was the idea with those first seminars was how do we prepare ourselves for that? And, and I know Chris, that's, that's a, I won't bring out the name cause I don't know if they want to go public, but somebody in the forums was kind of going public with that. Like, Hey, I, I won this entry. I want to kind of take my shot. And we were, you know, giving some thoughts on that, but really they were kind of picking your brain on, okay, what do I do, need to do to get ready? How do I need to rethink about this? I'm used to playing small tournaments. So I think that's exactly what those seminars are intended to do is, kind of prepare you to go over that next hump of how are tournament players thinking about it that are paying a thousand dollars for buy-in right. versus right. the the free game yeah yeah i know and, and and there there are really big differences between those those kinds of tournaments um and you're gonna encounter better players you're gonna encounter uh deeper stacks you're gonna encounter more hands to play so there's a lot of ways that you you can approach your uh game um as you kind of think about those different those different fields for sure. So, so what do we want to talk about today? What about about the uh, the bluffing seminar? What are some of the the topics du jour that we want to tease people with on the the podcast a little bit? What, one question I wanted to jump in with was, um, you know, you're you're in this draws come up so often. There's different kinds of draws. You know, um, there's different kinds of spots to be in when you've got a draw. Uh, you did a great job, sort of breaking down the different kinds of draws you can have and different board textures. Can you just talk a little bit about like what are the factors that you should be thinking about for our listeners that haven't seen the seminar when they are recognizing their own draw and recognizing the spot they're in? Like what, what should they be thinking about? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that we, we, we talked about as a group and um, was really the idea that, um, you know, there's, there's, and again, you know, always in poker, it comes with that caveat of it depends, it depends. Right. But, uh, and so one of the things we're thinking about always is position and stack size and are we in position? Are we out of position? Those kinds of factors are, are integral to making decisions about how we approach our draws. But ultimately also there are certain types of draws that we want to be looking at uh, and, and coming up with our own sort of plan uh, for how we approach them both on, on flops, turns, and rivers. Um, and that was, you know, we looked at not just like flushes and straight draws. Like, I think that's that's sort of like how um, most people just think about draws. Like, is it a flush draw? Is it a straight draw? Is it both? Hey, that's cool. Let's, let's go with those. <laughs> but like what we really talked about was the idea that even within those is, you know, you've got – You've got weak flushes, you've got nut flushes, you've got strong flushes, you've got pair plus flush draws, you've got, uh, you know, with straight draws, you've got open enders, you've got double gutters, you've got pairs plus open enders, you've got gut shots, you've got pairs and gut shots. You know, so there's like these, all these different kinds of draws with, even within those categories. And then, and then one of the other things that we really, you know, investigated a lot more was the idea of blockers. So, like, when we're making decisions about 
um, is this a hand that I want to, uh, you know, do I want to step on the gas or do I want to step on the brakes? I've got to draw. Um, yeah, we, we talked a lot about, um, you know, having those, those blockers, especially when we are out of position. I think that's when it becomes even more integral. The math becomes more important out of position. The, uh, you know, the, all the decisions out of position withdraws become much more important. Uh, in position, you can kind of like react a little bit more. You can sort of like have a little bit of a chance to see how, you, how, how the hand plays out a little bit. But uh, out of position, you've really got uh, a lot of, uh, you've got to have a lot of things decided in advance and it helps to do that work before you get to the table so that you're not just saying, think I'm going to be aggressive this hand. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, Jim, did you have a follow-up to that at all? Or? Uh, well, I guess, yeah, uh, okay. yeah a, a little. Like you talk about um, like how you might fold with certain ones, call with certain ones, check raise with certain ones. And maybe just as one example, could you talk about the difference between having like the nut flush draw and a, a weaker flush draw or why you might choose to do one with that or with the other? Yeah, I mean, so the way I often think about you know, whether I'm going to uh, sort of like th that, ex those, let's just take flushes, for example. Like if I had nut flush, flu nut flush draw, a strong flush draw and a weak flush draw uh, and I'm out of position. And let's just say, you know, it's not, it's not some like uh, crazy stat. We're in a sort of a moderate stack size. So we've got 40 to 50 big blinds. We're not short stacked. We're not mega stacked. Um, and so that's kind of the situation where we're, we're talking about a lot of these, these spots. And I think the ones where we want to find ourselves taking aggressive line are our strongest and our weakest. Um, uh, if everything being equal, we want to find like, it's that, it's the polarized uh, thing that we think about when we're thinking about, um, you know, other hands that we're, we're dealing with. But th this is one where we're thinking about not just our strongest hands and our weakest hands, but our strongest draws and our weakest draws. They make the best ones to get the most aggressive with because a a strong draw can withstand uh, being played back at, and a weak draw can withstand folding being played back at without having sort of all the regrets of like oh man. But but that it's that it's that really middling ground draw. Uh, you know, if we've got I don't know queen ten suited on a on a you know, a three or two heart board and we've got queen 10 of hearts. That's a, that's one that we want to, and there's not an ace or king on there. So it's, it's sort of, it's potentially like a third nut uh, draw a hand. It's one we probably want to, we want to get some money in. We want to play it, but we might not want to go to the mat with it um, because we can be sort of out kicked and out flushed um, sometimes. So those, that, that was some of the conversation we had. I don't know if everyone would agree with it because I'm, I'm trying to summarize it because one mm -hmm. of the beauties of these seminars is not just me yammering on. It's, it's like, it's the whole group talking about ideas and different approaches. How do we approach these different spots? Uh, but that was, that was a, a good part of where our conversation uh, landed. Yeah, I think that's that's the feedback I get from people that have participated in them or or listened in on some of them is they they like the interactive piece, and I think that's so true to everything that we're trying to do is let's learn in the context of community. Like we we know some of us are going to be wrong, some are going to be right. Maybe we're all wrong. Maybe we're all right. Who knows? But you know, there's going to be that that lively interactive discussion. And I think you know from Fareed on down, Fareed talks about it all the time. Learning in community is so critical, and so I love how you do that. How you you know you do the work to make it you know a great guided conversation, but leave the door open for different perspectives on that. 
I'm curious. One, the one thing I think about draws a lot, and I see this a lot, you know, in myself and in other recreational players is the whole, you know, I've got a draw, I'm in position, somebody bets, they, they lead into me, whatever, maybe they're the preflop aggressor. And I think, okay, I got the odds to call, right? I've got eight outs or I've got nine outs and there's two cards to come. So I do the math, right? The rule of four says, oh, I've got the right odds to call. So I, I make the call and then they make the same, you know, ratio size bet on the river. And now I are on, on the turn and now I don't have the odds to call. So I fold. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of us get stuck into that where we think, okay, I'm going to see two cards. So I have the right odds, but we don't ever see two cards. We just call, we don't hit. And then we fold and it just feels like such a losing strategy. So maybe talk a little bit about how do we kind of get out of that rut of, you know, I remember from our, I don't know, I don't want to necessarily put him on the spot, but I remember from our seminar that uh, I felt like John had had just a, you know, he, he, he was talked exactly about that. Like that rule of four is a very deceptive rule. And I don't know if you want to, uh, if, if I'm putting you on the spot, John, I, sorry, but like, I, I thought that was a great conversation and part of the seminar that you, you brought. Yeah. To that so, so basically the rule, so the rule of two and the rule of four, just as a quick review for those who don't remember it, is if you take the number of outs and you multiply it by the rule of by two, that'll be about the percentage chance you have of getting your making your draw in one card. Um, if you have the you multiply it by four because if you have two cards coming. However, <laughs> there's this little thing called the turn bet that gets in the way. Um, <clears throat> So you can really only use the rule of four reliably if it's an all-in bet. So there will be no more betting uh, on the turn. Or if you feel there is a really good chance that someone will opt not to bet the turn again and give you a free river card, then that might be an option to uh, use it as well. But in general, I usually just use the rule of two to figure out what do I want to do for this very next bet? And that's one of the reasons why you might consider raising with the draw is because you're not getting the proper odds. And now all of a sudden you can take this proper non-proper odds draw, you raised with it, and now all of a sudden you're gaining some fold equity. And hopefully you're getting enough fold equity to make the draw overall profitable because there will be some percentage of the time that your opponent will fold. And then that's immediate profit right there. You didn't have a hand. All you had was a draw. Therefore you're good to go there. Or if the opponent does call, you still have a chance to make, make your draw. It's basically turning it into a semi bluff at that point in time. So that's why drawing and, betting are so work so well together is because it gives you enough extra equity to make those draws profitable. But yet do have to be careful. I remember initially when I started playing poker, I always played my draws passively, just check call and tried to look whether or not I was getting the proper pot odds and sometimes calling even if I wasn't. And uh, which is just a way of, you know, you hit your draw and you're still theoretically losing money because you're not hitting it often enough. To Unless you're playing against more. me and your implied odds are like, you know, way through the rope. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I'll stack off against you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the other the other part of this that, that I think is, is sort of like inherent in the question even is is that I think we had a lot of conversation around is that a lot of people when we're talking about draws, 
think about flops, right? It's like, I've got a flop draw. Um, so how do I approach this? But I think that uh, one of the things that we want to be thinking about is those future streets. And so we talked a lot about what do we do um, on turns, you know, after we've taken either that passive calling action or that aggressive raising action, whatever we've done to get to this turn, what do we do on, you know, because all, always we're sort of dreaming of like, okay, we've got the nut flush and we spike it, let's go, right? But that sometimes the turn comes and we had the nut flush draw and an ace comes. Mm. Or sometimes uh, we had the nut flush draw and we had ace, six of hearts and a six comes. Like, how do, what do we do now? Like, you know, you know, and those are a lot of the conversations we had as well is like, how do we play these hands when, when we had a sort of a dream card and it didn't quite get there, but our hand improved. So now what do we do? Um, and I think that's a, that's a really interesting topic to think about how you're going to approach draws is how do I approach it? Um, you know, not just when I get the dream card, because that's pretty easy to play. <laughs> well, it's not actually, actually, well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes it's easy to win the hand, easy, but, yeah. but yeah, it's easy to win the hand. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it all because it, it's so many of the different building blocks of poker that come together in, in those kinds of conversations, right? There's the, uh, the whole piece, okay, well, now now the, the semi-bluff piece, there's the scare card piece, like you're saying, certain cards might come, they don't hit you, but they might scare your opponent, so they might be worth a bet, or, you know, they're in their range, it's hand-ranging, there's, there's so many elements, I mean, John talking about fold equity, you know, if, if you, you know, if you have certain odds, you're going to hit, and then you raise, and they call, yeah, you still have the same odds of hitting, like, that hasn't changed, but the fact that you picked up 40% of the time they're going to fold, that might make the math the correct play. And so there's all of these different pieces that come into play, you know, when you're talking about the, these, these draws. I love it. And, and I think something that people don't, it's, it's not perfectly intuitive, but you can actually, even without a made hand, you can be ahead with a draw from an equity point of view. So like sometimes, you know, my classic example, I just pulled it up in Equilab here. So let's say the flops, nine of hearts, eight of hearts, two of clubs and your opponent has the nine of diamonds and the four of diamonds, so they've got top pair, and you've got the 10 of hearts and the jack of hearts. So you've got two overs, you've got a flush draw, you've got an open-ended straight draw. You don't have a made hand, but your equity in the hand is 68.89%, and your opponent with top pair is 31.11%. So you can confidently expect to win that hand twice as often as they will even though they have top pair and all you all you have is a draw mm -hmm. um so there are powerful draws out there that um you actually have the luxury sometimes of deciding and do i actually just want to realize my equity here or can i make what's almost like an impossible to refute shove because you don't even need the fold equity. You just get to, you get to realize that equity. And, um, you know, the times that they do fold uh, only, only add to your stack there as well. So, and that, that's a pretty extreme example um, to have two overs and an open-ended straight mm -hmm. draw and a flush draw. But it, it, stuff like that, ha that happens. happens a lot. It happens. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, just to put it in perspective to how valuable it can be against a one pair hand, you know, especially if you're in position, you don't even need to have all those like you could also represent those later as uh, bluffs. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another part of draws that um, I know we talked about. But. Now, I assume when you looked at that example, you were sort of evaluating the case where you're up against the Jack 10 of hearts with your nine, four of diamonds. 
Is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, even I don't play that nine four diamonds yeah, card. Like <laughs> well, good. Well, anything. I know this is just we're not going to get into the whole conversation. We've got you know a couple hours of of seminar conversation about this. Uh, if you're a member of Recta Poker, paid member, you have access to this. You have access to all of the past ones. I uh, would love to have you go out there, kind of check it out, let us know what you think. Uh, but anything else that we want to touch on with that uh, seminar, Chris? One other thing that I, I would just throw out about, about this seminar and, and the other seminars is that uh, we always bring in um, some sort of expert uh, uh, videos as well from some of our partners. So in this one, we had Lexi Gavin and Ryan LaPlante. Um, Lexi talked, has a whole uh, poker coaching thing about playing draws, um, which I think is a, it's a fabulous uh, piece. And then also uh, Ryan does these weekly uh hand reviews with just all all people that are part of learn pro poker and um we we looked over a specific drawing hand which i thought was a really interesting one um it was a small blind versus big blind one which i think is is it gets really tricky to play draws when you're in that spot um and i thought it was a really interesting hand and a really good conversation that that we uh we had around that so yeah, I love that you bring that up. If, if you guys don't know, uh, we have 15 minutes a month of premium content from all of our partners that we can share uh, through different avenues. So we share some of that through Learn With Partners, some of that through uh, the seminars. And so you kind of get a piece of all of these other, uh, these other membership sites uh, just as part of your Rec Poker membership. And I, we're trying to leverage that as much as we can to, to really optimize. And I think incorporating that into the seminars is, is a tremendous use uh, of, of that as well. All right. Well, anything else to share about the the seminar draws? I know you guys. I know you guys. You guys could talk like six more hours on this stuff. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. There's, yeah. What tease tease the next one that that's going to be coming well, up? Well, actually, yeah. We're we're uh, recording very soon. We're going to be recording our January seminar. It's going to be all about tells and reads. Yeah. Which I am very excited to actually to for this one because I would say this is one where I feel on loose footing because it's not <laughs> something that I, uh, I I incorporate very much. I, you know, I, I'm very math driven in, in my game. I'm very, you know, understanding board textures and those kinds of reads and hand reading. Um, and I'll, I, I player typing is something that I'll look at. I guess you could call that sort of a tell, but you know, I'll look at, okay, what type of player is this? What kind and that that's how I help estimate their sort of opening ranges and things like that. But, but when we get down to like, Oh, they scratch their nose here, you know, I, 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 I've, I, I honestly say I've never used that. And I, I would love to be able to, to make those because I never know what to do with the idea that, Oh, somebody looks nervous here because I'll tell you, I, I feel nervous when I have it and when I don't have it. So I don't know how other people, <laughs> so I, but I, it'll be a great conversation. We're going to have Zach Elwood join us. Who's kind of the, one of the, it's either him or Mike Carroll is a godfather tell. So that'll be a great conversation. And then we're going to actually look at, um, we're going to watch some tables. Uh, one, a very recreational table. It's a charity tournament that uh, I found on YouTube and one uh, a sort of a higher stakes MSPT. We're going to look at the players. We're not going to really evaluate the hands, but just try to look at how are people behaving? What are things that we're noticing in terms of like physical reads and physical tells? So it'll be, it should be a good conversation. 
Oh, yeah, way nasty. to bury the lead too. Yeah, we'll just have Zach Elwood pop right, in right. for an hour to talk about tells <laughs> yeah. with our premium members. Oh yeah. my God, that's going to be sweet. So if, if you're in the chat box tonight, Ben, Doug, Jim, Kim, and Martha, um, go to the events calendar and just click on the recording for the seminar tonight and you can come hang out with Zach Elwood and us and talk about tells. <laughs> yeah, just, we have the best jobs. I know, right? Pretty, pretty sweet stuff, right? I know, we're going to hang out with Fareed, we'll hang out with Zach Elwood, Negranu, Moneymaker, you know, these uh, are people, but, but you know they're all generous people with their time and you know they've yeah. got a talent they've got a skill and they're willing to share it with recreational players and i think part of it is you know they're trying to grow the game um you know and, and we're all trying to learn the game and i think what a great investment to spend spend some time with people that really are passionate about the game and you know one of the things that we hear all the time from the folks that are on the podcast or involved other ways these big names are like oh it was just so refreshing to be around people who just love the game because I think a lot of them are so they're into the business of it. They're into the playing of it. It's just, it becomes a grind. It's whatever. And so I think it, it kind of reminds them what it was like to play poker when it was just fun, right? When you're all, mm-hmm. you're all, you know, competitive, but it's just fun and energetic and positivity. And, uh, and so I think we're doing them a favor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just here to help. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So about an hour from now, uh, the, the seminar is going to be recorded. So uh, tell your other fellow members to get out there so all right well well with that why don't we why don't we transition to some of the the community stuff um but Here, before we do all oh for god's sake you oh, oh, did, did the point you screwed you pointed you pointed you did the point i don't think did guys did he do the point or didn't he do the point well i did the point because i was trying to get you ready you're that's my fault what's the definition of the word q okay all let's right. just all right keep keep that in no, sound this, engineer. this was my fault all right so when i do my left hand uh, <laughs> that was my fault i did cue him you're oh thank you drabeck yeah I, I did cue him i was cueing him to get ready but you're right okay so uh, so, Jim, uh, pretty soon I'm going to be pointing at you. Oh, thanks, um, Steve. I can't you know, wait for your... <laughs> All right, so I consent to your pointing. <laughs> so, Jim... It's so, a- are you queuing him to, to get ready? <laughs> this is the pre-queue. Or the pre-queue. Is it, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't you know queuing theory, John? I figured you probably would as a programmer know queuing theory. This is part, part, of, part of queuing theory. All right, so... Yeah, we just either queue or not queue. <laughs> queue before you queue, so you're ready to queue when you need I should I should have bet a million dollars on you this. Just- <laughs> Taking the over, but I'd have to I'd have to pay out because I'm the one that screwed it up. All right, so I, no, I'm setting it up. I meant to I meant to cue you, but I'm setting it up. So uh, we do have a new sponsor. Uh, learn or she's poker coaching. I'm I'm in the old thing. That'll thank you, Jonathan. He's listening. Going three. No, pokercoaching.com is one of our new sponsors, and with that, we're actually going to be playing and and a quick ad uh, in our podcast. It's a new thing for us, uh, so we're figuring out the the kind of logistics of it. Uh, we don't like to do all this hours of pre-post-editing uh, stuff. So, I mean, when I cue Jim, I'm not pointing it. I'm just preparing to point. When I cue Jim, we're going to play a little audio. We're going to hang out here while it plays. It's like 30 seconds. But I'm just, uh, from this point forward, we'll probably have this as part of the podcast. Uh, but it helps us pay the bills, keep the lights on, uh, and keep giving you good content. Uh, and so I do recommend check out JonathanLittlePokerCoaching.com. Uh, we'll play it now. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace-king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. 
Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. Yeah, easy for him to say, don't stress. Come on. There it is. Nice job. All right. So there's our, there's our sponsorship <laughs> of the week. But thanks, Jonathan, for being part of this thing. Uh, but let, let's transition now. Let's talk a little bit about home games now. This is our last recording of the chats uh, episode for the year. So, John, how are we looking, man? Well, we have a bunch more winners because, of course, we have uh, 10 tournaments each week now. Crazy. So, uh, <laughs> Chatty Kathy or Chatty Cat 222, Kathy Karen, won her second daily series. Dan D. Ray Rezgi <laughs> got his third or her third uh, daily series. Fortune NY, Jamal Cuevas, Jamal Cuevas got his first daily tournament. Now, I was shocked that that was yeah, this was that his can't first be right. daily win. No, it is. It's his first daily win. He's wow. had other wins, and he's been, like in the Nolan Hold'em series, he won the leaderboard. But uh, this is his first daily series win. Congrats, Jamal. Schneid's 33. Danny Schneider yes, Danny. got his fifth daily series win that's it and of course we couldn't have a week without magra 44 doug grayback getting, <laughs> his, getting uh, his 11th series daily series win on christmas no less yeah and he complains that he doesn't do as well in just the daily series yeah. versus the international series well he doesn't he only has but, 11 wins <laughs> <laughs> come on so, nice win doug merry christmas yeah, and, yeah, and then, danny christmas eve too good for you buddy yeah. Then we had a uh, late Christmas gift for Bloop Seven. Mark Bloomberg got Boxing his Day. third daily series win. And also on Boxing Day, Jasper Junior. Patrick Berry won the daily mixed series event. Evil Roy CA got his third international series victory. And I hate to lose William Alexander got his very first international daily victory. Nice. And Wait, really? I, wow, because I see I hate to lose all over. He's well, kicking his butt when I... International. Oh, international, yeah, okay, okay. International tournament in the yeah. Daily series. Yes, good call. Thank you, thank okay. you. Uh, <laughs> and then Shamu 27-140, Roger Lamp, got his fourth Daily Series victory. That's right. Was this planned out, uh, like, so, like, uh, Christmas, then there's Boxing Day, whatever Boxing Day is, Three tournaments on a Canada Day or whatever. <laughs> Don't you know what Boxing Day is? That's when they would the churches would take the box of alms and distribute them to the poor the day after Christmas. It's also the day when historically the um, lords would basically give their servants off so that they could spend the day celebrate Christmas the day after Christmas with their family. Well, I had a yes, different Steve, understanding you of what it is, but I'm not going to share day? it. <laughs> I, I actually had a different understanding, but I'm not going to share it now. It's embarrassing. Oh, well, no. What is it? No, no. Today, you're going, re- Jim, you you're going to return all the boxes of gifts that you didn't like? That, uh, <laughs> right. Do- <laughs> that would be a very Americanized version of Boxing Day, wouldn't it? It's Returns Day. Right. Well, actually, it, it's kind of become that, in, at least in England. They're just it's like, it's like their Black Friday. It's like a big shopping day. Is that right? Maybe not this year, but. I'm so glad that John Somsky just nailed the definition yeah. for Boxing Day, though. This genius. guy's a machine. I love that. This guy's a genius. Well, John, how are we doing on the uh, – I know at this point, like we said at the, at the beginning, uh, people are already suspended by the time they're hearing this. Um, yep. You know, how, how are we sitting as of December 28th uh, as far as progress made 
toward. So uh, when we first started this, uh, we had 262 pl- players that were going to be suspended. You know, back in um, as of November when we first yeah. announced this, and now let me get to the right tab here so I can see the numbers. We are down to just 148. Okay, good. That are left. So, and we have 167 that are members in good standing. So I am happy to say more people will be left able to play than will be suspended. <laughs> but anyone who get, gets in there and does it, I'm not, it's too late for me making this note now, but I have to manually go through and mm. suspend all of you who don't do this. So it makes it less work for me if you just sign up and then you'll be able to play too. Yeah. And, and by the way, because there, there are some big names, uh, regulars on, on our list, like, uh, there'll be a softer field if you get in there quicker. Cause we're going to suspend some of the good players. So oh my yeah. gosh, I'm playing January 1st, no matter what, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in there, man. That's funny. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know just, just, um, hats off to you, John, again, I know, it's sort of a broken record, but uh, I was working. I don't want to give names out because I don't know, you know, what privacy there is or whatever. But I know there's a group of people that are that are older out there. Uh, some of our older audience, and you guys play in these home games every night, and you have a champion of yours uh, who who I'm connected with, and she was just like, "How do we get these people so they don't get suspended? They love playing the home game every night. It's part of their." part of what they just love doing part of their community is hanging out with the rec poker people and chatting with, with us and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and we were able to uh, organize all of that, get them situated because they don't really have the technology and the, you know, the sort of the aptitude for that to just do it themselves and get all set up. So we got all that information. Uh, John updated all that stuff, got everybody live and active. And uh, so just shout That's out awesome. to you again, John, but to, to those of you who are wondering why we care so much about community, this is why. We have all these people that we know uh, across gener- across you know multiple generations that are playing this thing, and you wonder why you know we've kicked people out of the thing on occasion. It hasn't happened for a while, but for making a snide comment or whatever, community is the core of what we do. And 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 knowing that we've got these 70, 80, 90 year old people out there playing in our home game, that it's the highlight of their day hanging out with us. That's why we do what we do, and it's so much fun. So uh, thank you to who you know who you are for championing these folks. Uh, and sending me information about how good playing online poker is for their for their mental uh, state and, and all of these things. Uh, we feel like we're doing a service to that community. So uh, thanks to that. And John, thank you for doing all you do. And and yeah, I mean, if you need to curse under your breath at every person you're suspending, I'd say just do it. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe video it too. Maybe we could maybe we could have a piece of new video just saying, I hate you and saying their name and I hate you. <laughs> The thing is, is I, more than I hate, hate them or more than the work is, I'm going to miss playing with them. Yeah. You know, yeah, I really want true. everyone to be there. Uh, it really is a lot of fun. Uh, it, I People are shocked at how much fun it is and how much they want to win these play money tournaments. <laughs> yeah, coaching. And the only reason it's worth it is because we've decided that they are. We as a community has decided that it's something that is worthwhile and important mm. to to win. So, you know, it's up to us to take it seriously and and make the most of it. 
I love that. That's so well said. And I do get emails at least one a week, maybe a couple of weeks that are like, hey, I won the tournament. When will my name be said on the podcast? And that's pretty <laughs> fun, right? People love people love that yep. shout out. I do. I love when you're forced to read my name, John. It hasn't <laughs> happened for a while. But I love putting you in that spot. <laughs> well, we'll get yeah, some. I, I like mangling everyone's name even when I'm trying not to. <laughs> I'm glad it's you that has that responsibility, dude, because who knows what, what they intended, right? Like Dan D. Zrezica, or is it Dandra Zaga? Is it D and Rez G? Like, what is it? What do they mean? I want to know, but we don't know. So we'll just let you keep playing with that. Well, let's, before we, thank you again, John, before, yeah, before we move on to the next thing, let's get the winners uh, figured out here. Uh, so, so tonight, Jim, just take it away. Let them know what they're going to win here. All right. So yeah, the winner tonight, I have to use one of my boring old fashioned dice, but I'm going to out of love for this crew. Um, you can win a $50 coupon for the free Jetton course. And, uh, that coupon can get stacked on top of all sorts of other big discounts. You can even stack the coupons on top of other coupons. Um, so I know some people are going to get a great deal on this, but one of these five lucky folks will go alphabetically from the top down. We'll strike the six. The roll comes six. That's a reroll. Sorry, guys. Dead air. <laughs> Dead air. Bad podcast. That, that would have been one of our members had they joined. One. Ben again. Ben nice. won. Uh, Ben's paying off being at the Run top good. of the alphabet. All right. Congratulations, Ben. Send me an email. Jim at rec.poker just to reference this and I'll add your name to the almighty spreadsheet. I'm still shocked that it's not over. You sure there's not like a river card that Drebeck can hit here? <laughs> there's no more. There's no out here. There's well, no we are going to do another draw at the seminar, so there's oh. another chance to pick up another 50 bucks there. Fair enough. Congrats, Ben. Fantastic stuff. Well, uh, anything else, nice guys, before we, before we wrap up? Anything else that we need to share for the good of the order? No? Nothing? Everybody's good? All right, Happy guys. Well, what's that? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, you guys, 2021, we survived 2020. Not all of us, uh, but we did. If you're listening to this, you did. Not all of us did, but uh, a number of us did, and it was it was tough, and hopefully uh, the next few months uh, get us transitioned back to 2021 is in, into a normal C, whatever that is, the new normal, uh, the different normal, whatever. But, uh, man, I mean, live poker is obviously a part of that thing, uh, but that's just a small part. Hopefully we can just start – uh, breathing easier uh, day after day because we live in a world that's a little bit more uh, da less dangerous, I guess, if you will, uh, from just walking out on the streets day to day. So uh, we made it. We made it to 2021. Uh, hopefully, we don't have this conversation again next year. I don't think we will be. But but before we uh, before we let you go, make sure you go to Rec Poker. There's a ton of stuff out there. I mentioned the the free Jatin course is out there in its entirety. A lot of great stuff out there. Check that out. Ask us questions. Uh, home game Rec Poker slash Home Game. All the information about all the series, uh, the results for 2020, what's coming up for 2021, the awards show January 27th. Make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. Uh, there's a lot of information in there, but every week we send stuff out. Uh, that's a great way to stay plugged in as well. Uh, but I want to thank our sponsors. Um, small, small business uh, community is, is one of our sponsors, smallsmallbusiness.com. Uh, it's really all about helping people kind of in the midst of this COVID thing, uh, figure out where they're going as a, as a, as a company, uh, how they get past the hurdles that they have in their way. Uh, great stuff there. And also Running Aces, Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel. You know them. Uh, they're our ongoing sponsor. Uh, for sure, thanks to our panel, Chris Jones, Jim Reed, John Somsky, Ben, Doug, Jim, Kim, Martha. Thanks for jumping on here. And we will check, uh, check you out next week. See you guys.